Hello and welcome to the Terminal Velocity comic book podcast, issue number 43. I'm one of your hosts, Scott. I'm Andrew. And this week, um, as we do every week, we're going to get together and talk about a comic book from the past, uh, a miniseries or a comic uh, that has kind of struck a chord with either us or with the comic community at large and kind of take a deep dive into it and provide our thoughts and opinions. We'll also round out the episode with the usual pick of the week discussion. This week, we will be talking about uh, books that came out on june 26th of 2019 so before further ado let's get into this one and this week we are talking about something near and dear to our heart oh canada (laughs) we love you given it's your birthday Uh, happy canada day scott yes happy canada day to you and to all of our listeners um we're getting into the brian k vaughn and steve scross um little mini epic uh we stand on guard uh, this was originally published back in 2015, I believe it was. Scott, are you facing the flag as we discuss this book? <laughs> I actually was just out at the store today buying a flag for our Canada Day party that we're going to be having <laughs> on Monday. Um, so I've got we've got some nice maple leaf flags on the go, uh, some red and white all decorated for plates and everything like that. It should be uh, should be a good time. Um, what about you? What are you guys getting up to? It's going to be a, a good family. It's it's almost like a, a family reunion with family who's not family, but they're, they might as well be. Oh, nice. And uh, we get together for a barbecue and some swimming, uh, and uh, we do our fireworks. Nice. Uh, nice. Everything very Canada Day themed. Um, usually it's a good catch-up. It's like one of the twice annual kind of get-togethers where everyone gets together. So yeah, it should be good. It's usually a good time. Uh, we're definitely in for some good weather, and I think everybody kind of celebrates the same way. So uh, to everybody out there, raise a, raise a beer or a 2-4 or two. <laughs> to everybody else. <laughs> yes, the 2-4. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's get into this. We stand hey, on well, don't, Do you have your double-double? <laughs> I don't I don't uh, have my double-double, but I think there's some ketchup chips somewhere in the near uh, future. I don't, I don't know what you're doing there, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little late at night for the double double <laughs> to be honest don't you think we should be getting into this eh yeah we, yeah. we should be all right um so yeah we stand on guard this is a this is a, a bit of a nihilistic future story <laughs> written by brian k vaughn um a quick synopsis of this is basically there is a a war between canada and the u.s um, over all things, which is probably not too, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to say not too unrealistic, but, um, you know, it, it definitely rings fairly close to home. It's all about water and water supply. And, you know, we have some and, uh, they want some, and there's an invasion that kind of potentially took place. So they have decided to attack their neighbors to the North and, uh, really lay waste to all of Canada. Which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, if our you know our southern cousins did decide to invade the Great White North up here, uh, it would be over something like this. I would think. I would like to think. Um, I like to think that we'll talk it out first, though. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll sit down and we'll we'll say uh, sorry a few times. Hey, I was just gonna say we, we we get to the table <laughs> and immediately apologize just to be just to be uh, proper etiquette, you know. Yes. Like, that's exactly what we would do we would apologize and offer uh as much water as they would like 
Besides, this war is not realistic. Corporate America already bought most of the country anyways. <laughs> that, is, that is true. So this is interesting because it's written by... Brought to you uh, by Nestle. Oh, written sorry. by an American. And I don't know if <laughs> if uh, Steve Scross is Canadian. I'm just looking that up. Yep, he is. So he is the Canadian one on it. And Brian came on. Somebody had to be. I mean, we got we got the CBC dropped in there quite accurately. There was the <laughs> Tim Hortons in the background, the giant billboard. Yeah, I was like, that, that must be like that nice. must be the uh, central <laughs> Tim Hortons location. Well, I didn't know for sure if Steve Scross was Canadian or not. I know that uh, Brian K. Vaughn's wife, I believe, is Canadian. So. I didn't know just how how much of the <laughs> Canadian U.S. divide there was in in the creative um, behind this. So, the yeah. Parliament building saw better days because yeah, they sure this, should have. This, this opens up with a family watching uh, pretty much. It looks like every missile in the United States uh, fleet there descending on Ottawa. Yeah, and really <laughs> blowing the hell out of it. It, Which, it's something else. Let's be honest, it's probably pretty accurate if they were our enemy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would think so. So it starts off with that, and then it quickly flashes forward to, um, uh, I think it's like 15 years later, something like that. And the girl from the beginning is um, is all grown up and is in the Northwest West Territories. Um, just trying to survive as slowly but surely the U.S. is encroaching further and further north. Um, well, Yellowknife is definitely where we'd have to retreat to. Yes, um, that, that's the amazing thing about uh, Canadian geography is there's there's a good number of us that live, but we all I think it's uh, I believe it's the stat is like ninety percent of the population is all within. Um, X number of kilometers to the U.S. border. So we're all really closely gathered around the border itself, <laughs> not because it's the border, but because it's the most uh, hospitable terrain. Um, well, we, we do like we to have away. spring and summer at some point. <laughs> yeah. The further we get away from that magical line, the, the you know, more <laughs> inhospitable the land, but also the weather gets. So... Um, Can I point out that I liked the talk at the beginning about 1812? Yes, the War of 1812. Do you want to give a little history on that one? So, speaking from my uh, being not qualified to speak about this, uh, wait, wait, it's wait, commonly wait. believed You're that Can- the Canadians teacher? burned down the White House uh, in 1812, um, which is technically, it's celebrated, I guess, <laughs> but it's not technically true we weren't exactly canada at the time we were the we were part of the british empire um as colonists we hadn't quite we hadn't uh, actually separated yet into our own nation and it was i'm fairly certain on british orders uh, to march down to washington and uh and burn it down and sack it yep which um, is actually why they have a white house because it was rebuilt and painted white to show a new beginning i believe so it's a uh, it's it's a complicated war. I, I don't fully understand it myself. Uh, maybe if I asked, uh, you know, myself in high school, I'd remember those details. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> I believe it was all started over a maple glaze. And... It could have been. They, they might have taken the last honey honey dip though. <laughs> they had the last honey dip, and they ate the the last of the cha- uh, chocolate. Don't take bits. somebody's crawler, okay, man. <laughs> no. no. Um, don't fuck with the Canadians. Like we're we're don't polite I? about many things, but come on. 
<laughs> yeah, there's only or so far. Or maybe it's so that if they thought they knew how to play hockey. Oh, called us a hoser, and that that was just the end of it. <laughs> yeah, so um, they, you know, so the British torched the torched uh, Washington basically, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, so like it's there's two ways you could look at it, right? Like it's sure it was uh british forces and you could also look at it well they are the people who would later become canadians right like mm-hmm. it's uh the essentially canada carried it out <laughs> yeah yeah so they they kind of bring this up and give a quick history lesson in the first couple pages um and then you're you're like i say you're kind of whisked away up to the northwest territories where somebody's fending for themselves and they end up getting attacked by a gigantic robotic hunting dog a kind of drone um now i don't know why it's a a land-based drone and not an aerial drone i guess it's because of the the dense forestry uh that's up there but the harsh canadian winters the harsh canadian winters and that's kind of what happens so the um the titular character well not titular but the the main protagonist of the story gets uh, attacked and then saved by a band of uh i guess outlaw canadians who are still on the run and freedom fighters um, and they call themselves the two four. <laughs> so for anybody that doesn't know, a two four in Canada is twenty four beers, <laughs> or beer, not beers, but beer. In uh, fairness, I'm fairly certain they call it that in America too. I, I think so too. And if they don't, then I'm I was genuinely surprised as to why they would make it a big deal. But that's what it's that that is what it's called up here. In case it is not called that in the United States. Um, so Scott, next you're going to tell them what's inside a kinder egg. <laughs> I will crack the secret of the caramel bar. Um, don't, don't make me do it. <laughs> um, so yeah, so then, uh, it, it, this is really just a story of the, this little group, this little band of freedom fighters, uh, attacking the U S the U S outposts that are up there and trying to, both get back one of their own people that ends up getting taken prisoner as well as just kind of sticking it to the United States. Um, now there is one portion in this in issue number three that has, I think one of the greatest and most terrifying um, uses of VR um, as a torture tool. The future. Yeah, the future. I wanted to talk to you. What did you think of of this whole scenario where basically they've tapped into somebody's brain and they're able to have them experience things but keep them like medically safe and not actually put any physical harm to them, but they're able to in this one case, they basically fill a drum full of gasoline and then douse somebody inside it so that they can feel all of their skin burning away from them and then because it's not actually happening to them, they can continuously repeat the same torture on the individual multiple times. It's not a new concept and the idea of like being able to mentally inflict physical harm, like, mm-hmm. but without doing the physical harm, but it is a unique take on it. Um, it's, I guess, torture 2.0. Like, a, yeah, it's a horrifying idea. Uh, I'll put it that way. Yeah, I thought it was when I initially read it, I was I had seen it before, but I just it took me aback because I was like, oh, holy shit. And then the way that they kind of twist it with the the character to finally break them is that they get their they get their father to show up and 
um, threaten to abuse them, basically. Well, the sad part is that you skipped the history lesson about the origins of Superman. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> he's ours. Yes. He, well, he's at least 50% ours. <laughs> All the parts that matter were made by the artist, mm-hmm. and he was originally from Toronto. Yes. Or the, Toronto, uh, depending on who you ask. Yes, and this for anybody who doesn't remember, this was one of those great heritage moments that would yes, occasionally. He was living. Seen. Now you're. That's a deep cut, Scott. No one's gonna know what a, a heritage moment is. <laughs> go to YouTube and look up YouTube. Canadian heritage moments. Mm-hmm. You'll get a few. You'll get one on basketball. You'll get one on time zones. You can't you'll, talk about. You got to talk about burnt toast, Scott. <laughs> you'll you'll get the one on burnt toast in strokes, um, and then you'll get the one on Superman. And uh, you'll you will forever be proud to be Canadian. Once, That's why once... we put them on our money? <laughs> yes, it is. So yeah, there's a big call out to uh, Superman being a motherfucking Canadian, which is. Uh, but don't worry, the... America, you shoot him right in the head immediately. So you, yeah, you you kill the character pretty quickly. <laughs> um, and now that we've lost ninety percent of our audience, <laughs> yeah, back we're... to the show. Back to the show. Yeah, we're doing a great job here. Um, so then the the band of outlaws are basically they've they've managed to take control of one of these gigantic gorilla mechs that they have, and some of the the tools and machines that they have in this are just such fantastical sizes that yeah, you... I, w- I would love to know where those metals manufactured <laughs> How did and assembled did in they... China. Yeah, exactly. How the fuck did they build these things? Because they are <laughs> enormous, and they have they have lots and lots of them. So I don't know the amount of money they had to spend, but clearly the economy is doing very well. Um, people might be thirsty, but the economy is really thriving with these gigantic <laughs> war machines. There we go. There's a Come on, I had, I had to do it. I had to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> There's some of America's treasures, honestly. Yeah. So then the, uh, well, why don't you take over the synopsis from here? Because I'm rambling a little Sorry, bit. Sorry, I, I totally lost where we're at. They got the giant <laughs> giant, giant mech thing and they attack. Uh, after torturing their, the, the leader of the two fours, they uh, were able to pull, she, she broke and gave the location of their base. So they come in charging with all their mech dogs and their tanks, and they attack the giant gorilla thing that the Canadians, the two fours, had had uh, captured. And there's some mass casualties amongst the team um, pretty quickly in this book. Uh, we glazed over the fact that they, you know, brought in the girl that we were introduced to at the beginning. Not fully sure if they could trust her, but after the the guy that was telling the story about Superman was uh, shot. She took out the the pilot in the the, the Robomech. Um, so we get to a part, kind of like a standoff, where they've captured the uh, the the one of the soldiers who had the cool uh, coyote wolf thing, mm-hmm. the koi koi wolf or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, so he's saying they're saying we're gonna we're gonna shoot him if you don't come out. We're not go we're not gonna negotiate. And the guys like just lay waste to all of us, including me, basically. And the group's like, ah, we can't do that. And um, Amber's like, fuck that. Open fire. And she's looking pretty demented. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, you, you fired up that, that Canadian pride, man. The, the Americans took everything from her, her whole family, so I'm not surprised. Um, you know, we cut to the prison camp, uh, which doesn't look that bad, to be honest with you. <laughs> if you had to be uh, in prison, it, it could be worse, it looks like. Because, I mean, he's got, he's got, he's got like, Google Glass, so mm-hmm. he's able to watch TV, I guess, while he's doing his, his yard work. But uh, you find out her brother is still alive, and he's captured in a, like a POW camp uh, the Americans have set up, which is now, at this point, only monitored by drones, really. Uh, the humans have all uh, kind of gone back south. Um, and uh, so, yeah, she's like, how do I know this isn't uh, another scheme um, And uh, through the VR? And she's like, well, here's an eat more. Now I have to assume this is a Canadian-only chocolate bar because it it's must very be. much. It's very much that lo- like the actual logo of the wrapper. So mm-hmm. I have to assume only Canadians would know this brand. <laughs> but the VR can't quite get taste right, so she has it, and she has like this this moment of of longing and enjoyment. And uh, so she understands that he's real, and they communicate about his sister. We and I'm not. And I'm not okay. quite sure how to describe what an eat more is for anybody who doesn't know. I've been struggling with it. And <laughs> it's a peanutty, chocolatey, strange substance. But it's not Reese's. But it's not Reese's. It's little chunks of peanuts kind of stuck inside. It's almost. It's not O. Henry. It's almost like. Uh, like a it's Tootsie a Rollish, like chocolate. Scott, first of all, do they have Tootsie Rolls there? <laughs> yeah, every, I'm pretty sure they've got a Tootsie Roll, but it's softer than a Tootsie Roll. It's a very strange thing. Uh, the best thing I can say is come up to Canada and go into a, a local Circle K or Max or one of these and uh, and pick one up for yourself. I'm pretty sure both of those companies are American companies that took over. So I'm pretty sure, which is why they should be able, they should be familiar enough. <laughs> Rest in peace. What was that? I can't even remember the store now. Becker's? Yeah, Becker's. Yeah, Becker's. Uh, or Reed's. <laughs> That's okay. I submitted to the Walmart overlords a long time ago. So did I. So uh, the they're all debating what to do, and surprise, surprise, the gorilla mech that the Canadians had uh, commandeered survived the uh, cave-in of the mountain, which I'm realizing we didn't even tell you about in my synopsis here. Mm-hmm. So it, it busts out, and she uses the precision laser thing that it has on its hand, and cuts down the soldiers and saves the uh, captured uh, Canadian soldier. And uh, they're like, what do we do now? And she's like, we better attack now because they're going to send in the hosers. Mm-hmm. And they get the, you know, the comrades get upset because that's our word as, as they, put, <laughs> as they put it. Um, but then uh, the American soldier who survived the attack is like boasting that now the, the Americans know because he was live streaming, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so, they figure out who Amber is, uh, which we find out. <laughs> See, I don't know how to feel about this character, actually, because they kind of. I don't want to actually I'm not going to go there. It's 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 dark territory. I'll just uh, <laughs> continue on. So the <laughs> they decide to, to fight, uh, attack the Americans because they feel comfortable in where they are located. Uh, they're on a frozen lake, which is apparently like 
has trapped uh, lethal amounts of uh, carcinogens that should they start bombing would melt the, the, the ice and it would actually release it into the water that they're so desperately after. Um, so they, they attack and they're doing quite well at first, but then uh, one of the, I think it's one of the gorilla, uh, no, it was a, one of the precision lasers from the, the floating um, helicarrier tank, flying tank things they have. Mm-hmm. Their flagship uh, basically takes out the tank driver uh, pretty viciously. It's like the laser slices through half his body and takes yep. out half the tank. And uh, when that happens, uh, another ship that I guess they had gotten another ship. I, I, I can't remember where they got this one, but the Canadians fly up to the, the main helicarrier and, and blow away all the soldiers that were defending it. And uh, they... They they attack and here's another moment like they must be really upset about this Superman thing because the guy is wearing a, a it's like a Superman logo but instead of the S it's a maple leaf mm-hmm. and the guy's talking about it and his his head is just blown away just completely pretty viciously <laughs> and disturbingly yes this is not this is not a, a book for kids this has got some serious gore all. in it <laughs> this is a very strange title we picked up to celebrate Canada Day yeah um. But we find out that this agent who has been after, who's the one who tortured uh, their leader with VR tech, uh, has has uh, confronted them. But our, our hero here, Amber, is strapped to the nines uh, with C4 explosives. And so this takes us into our concluding ep- uh, issue, uh, where it's kind of the final stand, and uh, pretty much. Um, so there was a part earlier where, like, they wanted to... There's a guy in the group that's uh, speaking French most of the book, which, mm-hmm. even for me as a Canadian, I didn't know what he was saying. So I'd pick up a word or two here and there, but uh, basically you find out that he's actually a very popular stand-up comic slash actor, and the, that agent got very concerned about him getting being, like, a figurehead for the a rebellion. Because he's famous and, and popular, he would be kind of a, a face that they would get behind. Well, he's able. He manages to get one of their broadcasting tech and, and actually streams it to all the. Uh, it's basically all the Canadians, basically who have hacked the CBC, which now broadcasts via Google Glass and eye co- uh, contact lenses. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's the future. Well, I, I say that, but it's probably going to happen. Um, so once he's done that. Where do, which part do I want to talk about first? So we find out that the agent is called the American. Everyone refers to her as the American. And it's almost kind of tongue-in-cheek because she's not actually American. <laughs> she's a turncoat. Mm-hmm. She's Canadian-born but moved to the States and has and is working with the United States as a, like a, an American operative. Um, so that uh, kind of... Like, <laughs> I think that kind of enrages the the main character. It's just like, basically, you're a traitor. And uh, this is where she kind of tries to say, like, that the Canadians are wrong in what they were doing, that it was actually the initial attack on Canada was was caused by a um, kind of almost like a rogue chief of defense, which we don't really have that in the Canadian military, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, usually we our leaders are ministers and whatnot. So um, 
was this? I, I maybe I, I I couldn't remember if this was her just manipulating or if this was actually truth. I don't recall if it, it kind of gets foggy about whether this was all just an attempt at manipulation or not. I took this as truth. So basically, a VR projection of this uh, Canadian chief of defense staff of the defense staff. He, based on. Um, I guess, I don't know if it's fault, faulty data or whatever, but they were basically saying that the Americans were still talking about annexing, like annexing and attacking Canadians, uh, mm-hmm. Canada, uh, as far back as like 2012. And that's probably something that came up uh, in one of the debate. Uh, I have seen this talked on, on American TV where they talk about annexing Canada, but I think it's more, I've always thought it was more tongue in cheek than anything. Mm-hmm. Um or no, you know what? I'm so dumb. It's eighteen twelve they're talking about, not two thousand twelve. Yeah, I'm tired. So <laughs> <laughs> I have seen that on TV though, and I think at that point it's tongue in cheek. Um, but perhaps this was something uh, talked about in America uh, in in America for in their history. I don't know. I'm not from there. Let us know at Comics Terminal. Um. <laughs> But basically, their intel basically told them that the Americans, this they needed to basically have a preemptive strike on America, and he wanted, I guess, to to incite the war. Uh, they they I guess attacked first. I, I don't. Is that what I what I what I or am I just completely off base? Sorry, what are you talking about? Like when it's showing this projection, it's talking about like they needed to have a a preemptive strike, right? Yeah, but he was saying that they had gathered a bunch of intelligence that they were still they were planning a they were planning a strike anyway. So the best their best choice was to do a preemptive one. So okay, maybe I misread it. So who who was the preemptive strike? The preemptive strike was from Canada. To America. Yeah, a preemptive strike was their best bet. At preventing a full-scale war. And we never saw that on page. This is talking about something that happened off-page, off-panel. Right. Yes. Okay. Because we cut into the American reaction. Right. Yeah, okay. So, I'm not... Okay. So, sorry, listeners. Uh, so, basically, she's saying, you guys did it first. That's what happened. And, um, yeah. Uh, oh, my God. I lost myself here. You, can That's you take okay. over? Yeah, and then so basically a big fight happens between while the page is still doing his uh, monologue to the rest of the Canadians, um, the American and the the main character Amber get into a scrap and a fight. Um, Amber is still wearing her her vest with the dead man switch, and they have a, a debate about what power really means and who's in charge and what any of it means and was some was everything that the American had been showing all the truth. And um, she says that everything was. Um, and then she laments that there is no real Superman out there. Uh, and then she basically lets go of her bomb vest and detonates herself on top of the warship. And um, all of those ships, I think, start to leave is really what ends up happening. So yeah, the Americans basically, because the water's contaminated, so they're just yeah. like, well, <laughs> this was not 
there's no point right now. So they, they it's a full scale retreat and uh, Canada celebrates the the victory and uh, we, we get kind of like an epilogue showing the past where Amber was kind of lost in a crowd and mm-hmm. uh, but you know quickly is found and that the family's all together, which is sad. So yeah. A uh, pretty dark tale. I like to think we're we're friends. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think we're a lot uh, friendlier than what this shows. And uh, yeah, I don't think there's quite as much animosity. I would like to think that we wouldn't be invaded just for some water. That we'd be able to come up with some kind of plan for like this. Like I said, but... we would probably already be just selling it anyways. Yeah, I imagine we are. Um, and. We're Probably speak, not speak selling to Coca-Cola and, and Nestle and, and <laughs> fairly certain that they, they got there. They got it tapped quite well. <laughs> so um, what did you think about the story? And then what did you think about the art? Uh, I thought the art's great. Uh, it's very exaggerated at times. and mm-hmm. But that's kind of it kind of works. I feel like I've seen this artist before and I can't place it. I believe he did Spider-Man. Um, really? way back when I think he was on, um, spectacular, maybe I'm going to look that up. Interesting. Um, yeah, it's, I think, I think the story is very far fetched. It's a kind of a, it's a dark vision of the future between the two nations. Um, frankly, <laughs> I was offended by them talking about how like she's legendary, like Trudeau, the Trudeaus. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's not a good con. Uh, <laughs> It's not a good comparison, but um, <laughs> he did. Uh, yeah, so sorry to jump in. Steve Scross was the artist on Amazing Spider-Man in ninety six, ninety seven. Really? Huh? I gotta go take a look. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. It, it's it's Brian K. Vaughn. It, it's 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 entertaining. It's good. Um. I almost wondered if they had planned like a second volume at at one point. I can't imagine this is a hugely popular book. <laughs> No, Nobody think, looks good in this in this story. Yeah, I think I think you uh, you nailed it when you said it's a fairly deep cut. That this isn't this isn't one you're going to find on a lot of shelves. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, like I mean, I feel a lot of Canadian pride, but this this didn't like incite it for me. <laughs> no, it's not. It like you say, it doesn't make either side look ultimately that appealing. Um, Scott, you, you, let me interrupt yeah. you here. Okay. We're sorry. Yeah, sorry guys. Sorry, eh? Sorry. Sorry about My bad. That, <laughs> let's crack open a two four. Yeah, let's get, let's get some back bacon, eh? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it, it doesn't paint anybody in a good light, but it's an entertaining it is an entertaining read and the art is really, really good. Um it had a lot of feelings of kind of a, a Chris Burnham to it um it it, it's it's got this kind of more violent turn of like a frank quietly chris burnham type of feel to it but it's uh, i was gonna say i could feel the quietly in in the artwork especially when it gets gory like it's just kind of reminded me of of a little bit of jupiter's landing uh landing (laughs) jupiter's legacy (laughs) Just it, yeah. I'm tired. It's it's late at night here, guys. So we're not gonna lie to you. We're recording this very late. Um, 
yeah, you can definitely see a lot of that vibe and you can see the detail is there in the gore. Um, so I think it's it's really solid in that regard. And it's so, Brian K. Vaughn, so there's not much that you can, not much fault you can lay on it uh, in the writing regard, I don't think. All right, so let's take it, let's, let's, let's go to ratings. Um, I would give this, what would I give it? I would give this book four exploding maple syrups. I would give it four flaming two fours. <laughs> what a waste. At a, at a five. <laughs> waste. Well, it could. I didn't say what kind it was. Oh, that's true. It could be Laker. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly. It's some black ice. <laughs> oh, <terrible>. God. <laughs> or, I'm going to say it. Budweiser. Yeah. <laughs> Budweiser. Yeah. So there you go. That's our that's our opinion on uh, we stand on guard. Uh, definitely, <laughs> I would say if you're Canadian or an American on the July 4th or July 1st, go ahead and give it a read. See what it is. It's not. It's it, it won't necessarily be the greatest thing you've ever read, but it should be entertaining as hell. And you should find at least a couple things that make. You So there we go. That's that one. Let's move on now to our pick of the week. Again, these were uh, comics released on June 26th, uh, 2019. Um, Picks of the week. Pick of the week. So let's see. what. Uh, do you want to do a rundown? Is there any books that you really wanted to talk about that came out this week? Not I know really. We had action that came out. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to think about that for a second? Uh, We've yeah. got... Let's Action see. Comics uh, 1012 came out, uh, continuing the Leviathan storyline. Um, I'm I'm struggling. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm struggling to care about this. This wasn't the greatest uh, greatest tie-in to the story. It didn't advance anything at all, really. Um, Rose Thorn, I guess that's a DC character. <laughs> Was reintroduced yeah. and. Recruited by Leviathan. I'm not familiar with that character, nor do I care. I, I was like, oh, great. Here's DC's Typhoid Mary. That's what um, I was wondering. <laughs> what? I was... Uh, I Yeah. I felt I could... he wrote her very much like Typhoid Mary. I don't, I don't recall this character, so I couldn't really give the comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, not a whole lot really happens in it. We get a, an interesting Lois and Clark moment where she basically... Doesn't tell him that she thought he was a putz, basically. Yeah. Um, I like that he again, takes off like, in the middle of a kiss, too. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I like that. <laughs> um, I feel like he's he's really defining the, the relationship in a really weird way. Mm-hmm. Like, you get that they love each other, but I don't find Lois to be a very good partner. <laughs> no, she's a little bit too self Very, uh, like, selfish and self-serving, yeah. like, so like I don't I don't know exactly where they're going with that, um, especially the way it contrasts with Amazing Spider-Man 24, mm-hmm. where you know Peter's celebrate he's like kind of he's gotten away from the hunted storyline, he's his woman's alive he's with her he's it's like his dream come true, so naturally the Parker luck has to to come back into play, mm-hmm. and did they kill Mysterio like for real this time? <laughs> 
I don't think he's actually going to be dead, but yeah, it seemed it's that like, way. It's like, geez, like this guy can't catch a break. <laughs> he, uh, Kindred, uh, was it Kindred? Is that the yeah, name? Kindred. This new villain. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he really just like lays waste to Mysterio. At least it appears that way. Um, I am curious enough about this character that I just, but I do need to know who the fuck this guy is. Like yeah. yesterday, because I'm kind of over the mystery of it, um, and like how he's projecting these thoughts and feelings and all this kind of shit, and like he's like if Hush had like a mutant cousin, yeah, he's all bandaged I'm up, but he's confused. got like weird like uh, millipede type tendril things that come out of him. Yeah, I'm really confused by the whole the character and. Not only his power set, but really his, and I know it's it's stupid to say this, but his connection, because it's alluded to that he knows Spider-Man, that they have some kind of past. Yeah, like, is this going to be like some obscure villain that we don't care about come back, or is it going to be someone important? Yeah. Like, That's and, what I, and, I don't quite know yet. Mm-hmm. But I'm uh, still I'm still interested in finding out, whereas this kind of level of mystery I'm getting bored with in Leviathan in the action storyline and everything. Yeah. I'm still a little bit tied into it on the Spider-Man side. I'm, I'm a little plugged into it. Cause like, I'm like hunted, like seemed like the big buildup, but then mm-hmm. like, this is good. This feels like it's building. This is something bigger, darker. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm plugged in. Like, I, I mean, I'm 25 is what the anniversary issue. So we yes. might get some answers with that one. I know it's extra sized. My wallet will enjoy that. Um, <laughs> but, like, I again, I enjoyed the advancement with the Peter-Mary Jane relationship. It should never have been fucking touched to begin with. But, yeah. uh, you know, They're they got to draw Peter in bed with Black Cat again and some other random characters. So I guess they enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Fuck one more day. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to say, for me, this was my pick of the week. Only because of my investment in the characters in this one. If it, if it wasn't for that war, the realms number six would have been like the, the top pick. Um, really? Yeah. I'm, I'm not as invested in, in the Thor character and, and that world as I am Spider-Man. So that's even though objectively, maybe that war of the realms is a better story, but like this, this is starting to kind of pay off teases from issue one of this new volume mm-hmm. of amazing Spider-Man. Um, it's a good little like epilogue slash launching point to the new storyline. Like I liked how it even referenced Kevin Smith's um, Kevin Smith's run on Daredevil. Like it's like this guy has researched his his Spider-Man and Marvel mm-hmm. history. Oh, he's got, um, and Mysterio's got voice. some serious. Sorry, what's that? I said he's got the perfect voice for Spider-Man. He's really got that the character down. It's working. Like where people were upset with uh, Spencer's cap. Like I don't think. People are going to have the same sentiment with this one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, I do think that we need to get, get a little on with the story uh, in a way, but I, I'm curious where this is going. So I, I'm still dialed in. Uh, I'm going to okay. go with this one, pick of the week, Amazing Spider-Man number 24. Okay. Are you still dialed into um, Fantastic Four? I know you were reading that kind of off and on. So I, I, I'm behind a few issues, so I didn't read this issue this week's um, this week's book. Uh, I, I am a new dad. I don't have a lot of time to read. So, <laughs> Well, um, you missed um, 
Franklin and Valeria sitting a driver's test. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you missed in this one. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> it was uh it was an interesting one. They literally sat a driver's test uh while trying to they also took a little adventure to the microverse um and basically beat the bad guy by saying being on earth sucks why would you want to go there when you could live in the microverse where things are so much cooler that's that's essentially right. how they, so, they just so you know i didn't disappear i just had nothing to say <laughs> <laughs> so the, that's what you missed in that one um i'm guessing by your comments you you also didn't read uh, or haven't been um reading thor the avengers Storyline. Um, not in a while. I did drop those books because uh, I was kind of, to be honest with you, I felt like the the tie-ins and build-up to War of the Realms it was kind of not sucking me in really. Yeah. Like, and it was kind of like pointless issues. Uh, so I kind of dropped it. That being said, uh, Ghost Rider coming back and playing a prominent role in upcoming issues of Avengers will mm-hmm. definitely bring me back in. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't. They weren't. I don't think these are make or break issues to begin with. Um, Avengers really just focused on uh, really what's been on the go with the She-Hulk. And I know that's, I've been corrected and that's not what she's called anymore, but she's the She-Hulk. As far as I'm concerned, that's what she's called. Um, And it's more just her exploring her own basically trauma and issues. Um, and kind of her accepting her new fate as the new Hulk on the team and what that really means. Um, not being the, the pretty Jennifer kind of character anymore and just being the full out Hulk and how it's better to be ugly. Um, in that regard, Thor was, that, a, that was, that was the moral of the story. Um, that was the moral of what they're going with, with the character right now is that it's better for her to be accepting of her powers and who she is than to lament over who she was. Okay. Which I guess is fair enough. At least that's kind of what I was taking it as. Um, I don't know. Like I thought I always felt She-Hulk was a very confident character. Like I'd never. And that's played out through the entire issue. There's definitely the, the fighting of the different personalities in her mind. Um, but ultimately, the so the wait, Hulk, she has different personalities in her mind. She's trying to work through the trauma that's brought her to the Hulk character that she is. Right. Um, so in one of the in the meditative states that she goes into to help deal with the rage and stuff, um, the different personas kind of play out in the in a courtroom in her mind. So I wasn't following when this new version of She Hulk or sorry Hulk happened. Like what? caused this change this was shortly after um civil war two where she ended up dying technically okay uh, or at least had the hell kind of kicked out of her and then when at the initial onset of the avengers storyline the um celestials that they were fighting imbued her with some more power and it's turned her into a more so uh, celestials okay yeah, it's it's she was already more of the Hulk character before that, but they've given her kind of a greater power set and made her stronger than mm-hmm. even Hulk is. Um, 
So, which obviously in this issue also they explore a little bit because she's still got, they gave her these powers for a reason that is yet to come to fruition. And the reason wasn't the War of the Realms. There's another war coming. Dun, dun, dun. And then in Thor, there was the, this, this kind of was an issue, um, much like some of the other War of the Realms tie-in issues that takes place in between some beats within the regular story. So this one focuses on young Thor and kind of what he ends up doing during the whole fight with Malekith um, and how he determines that he's worthy because he's able to pick up one of the hammers, which is a big moment for him. Um, so that was, that was an interesting issue. And I'll say this all leads into the fact that my pick of the week was the, the one true storyline from this week that was worth reading. And that's the war of the realms. Number six, <laughs> the the finale. It's what all the other titles have been tying into and whatever. I thought it was going to be Batman. Damn. Number three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what? It was really close, but in, in, in the same regard, it was nowhere near because I didn't read it. Um, but war of the realms. Number six, the finale to the entire story was just, it's been the culmination of the, of, of like, seven years of work on the Thor storyline. Um, and it was just absolutely fantastic. And if you want to hear the full beat by beat kind of breakdown of the story, you can check out our terminal velocity limited podcast. That she'll just be behind this issue in the, uh, in our feed, um, where we talk a little bit, uh, more about the, the, the issues and the series more in depth, like I say, but that's my, my pick of the week. Okay. All right. So do we want to give ratings on the comics or we'll just leave them as is right now? Sure, we can do that. Okay. So I'll give I will my, give okay. I'll I'll start off, I'll jump in and be rude, and I will say War of the Realms is <laughs> uh is a five out of five. It is five Thor hammers out of five. I will give mine three point seven five web fluid cartridges. <laughs> are these fully used or are these still full? They are empty. They are empty. So it's been an adventure. Okay. Well, if you have any <laughs> thoughts or opinions on uh, on the books from out this week, then you can write us an email to terminalvelocitypodcast at gmail.com or leave us a comment, rating, review on your podcatcher of choice. That's always a great way to engage with us as well. You can also follow us at Comics Terminal uh, on Twitter and Terminal Velocity Comic Book Podcast on all the other social media outlets. All right. And that's our issue for this week. I promise the listeners next time we will try and record at a more reasonable hour so that we're not quite as... We're sorry. (laughs) Not quite as uh, punchy or giddy or just delusional as we currently are. But, uh, and to all the Canadians out there, happy Canada Day. I hope yes. you have a great time with your friends and family. And uh, yeah, just enjoy that holiday. Yeah, enjoy the holiday. Enjoy it too, for, And uh, stay safe, everybody. Hey, happy Independence Day on the 4th. Yes, and happy Independence Day to our neighbors to the south. Take it easy. Cheers. Take care. Mm-hmm.